this is Jeff Howard, Senior Writer for Real Time Fantasy Sports. Welcome to another edition of the Real Time Fantasy Sports Podcast. On today's podcast, I'm going to be joined by everybody's favorite commissioner, Commissioner Toe, Chris Thompson. He's a co-worker of mine here at Real Time Fantasy Sports. He keeps the forms in order and he helps run all of our high-stake leagues here at Real Time Fantasy Sports. And we're going to talk about the Fantasy Championship and who's winning and what's going on in all of those leagues for the chance to win $250,000. So I'm going to talk with Chris about these leagues and we're going to give you the lowdown on what's going on in the Fantasy Championship. Before I get to that though, I did want to mention that you can play some DFS here at Real Time Fantasy Sports. We have basketball and football going on right now. Just go to rtsports.com, click on the daily link, and get in one of these contests today. We have the best payouts out there and the best contests in the business for DFS. So go to rtsports.com and click on the daily link. And now, here's my interview with Chris Thompson of Real Time Fantasy Sports. And I'm joined now by Chris Thompson, everybody's favorite commissioner here at Real Time Fantasy Sports. You can... Catch him in the forums, trying to keep the peace in there. He's also monitoring drafts and keeping everything in order here at Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Chris, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast this week. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jeff. I look forward to talking a little bit about fantasy, uh, some of our fantasy leagues this year. And uh, again, just thanks for having me this week. Yeah, that's a big thing. We're going to talk about the fantasy championship. This is our big championship we host here real-time fantasy sports $250,000 grand prize we want to delve into that and Chris is taking a close look at everything going on in the league and uh, we just wanted to talk to Chris about this and first question Chris uh, who is leading the TFC right now and who are some teams that are you know nipping at the heels and have a chance to win it all yeah so this week um, Glenn Payton his Warrior 2019-5 team is, is leading. Um, he's got 1,897 points. Um, right behind him is uh, the end team owned by Pip. Um, he's only five points behind. And, and right behind that is the incredible hulking us team from Michael Edelman. Um, and those teams are all pretty tightly bunched, the top three there. And these guys have all been near the top all year. Um, the, the team in second place has been in, in first for quite a few weeks as well. So they're just kind of jockeying around near the, the top for the last few weeks. Um, and, you know, some of these guys are pretty well known nationally. Um, and, you know, at least two of these guys I, I know from previous seasons and from other sites and national contests. Um, and close behind them, I, you know, the thing I think is significant is close behind them, really the top 10 guys in the TFC this year um, are very well-known guys. You know, they're the Derek Pearsons, the um, the Don Terminellos, um, Stephen Rannigan, who, who won this contest a couple of years, or was it last year or the year before? Um, you know, these guys are all in the top 10. A couple of them have two teams in the top 10. Um so I think, you know, there's a lot of guys nipping on their heels and some of them are coming on really strong. Um, but these are all, you know, very well, well-known guys. They know what they're doing and, you know, they're playing for late in the season. So it, it kind of makes sense that you see them start rising up to the top 10. Yeah. The 
top players definitely are doing well this year, and it's a testament to them. They kind of do it every year, it seems like. So with that, uh, how about some of these top players? Who are, Who's been some of the common theme players on these teams? Any guys standing out that you're seeing? I think some people can make some good educated guesses, but anything standing out to you as, as far as common players on these top teams? Yeah, I think it's like like you said, a lot of people probably know know this answer. You know, 80% of our top 10 teams have uh, Christian McCaffrey, which is really no surprise. Um, you know, I, I looked at the drafts of our top 15 guys in the TFC currently, um, and 13 of them had a top three pick in their draft, which obviously you, you needed if you wanted to get Christian McCaffrey. Um, but really that recipe this year was Christian McCaffrey and then um, Austin Hooper is, is another guy. Um, he's also on 80% of the lineups of these top 10 teams. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a, a mixed bag there. You, you know, you had to have a top three pick to get uh, McCaffrey, but Hooper was taken 10th, 11th, 12th round by all these teams. So, you know, a little bit of picking that value pick at tight end, but getting the stud up, up at the beginning of your draft at running back um, and kind of seeing a little bit similar with like quarterback and, and a lot of uh, Dak Prescott's and Lamar Jackson's. And, you know, they're obviously leading up there at the top of the points for quarterback. So that makes sense as well. But you could get those guys really late in your draft, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th round. So it kind of makes sense that those teams are bubbling up that got those value picks there. And, you know, the the one that I never thought I would say, but, um, you know, this year has been significant is the Patriots defense. Um, you know, how often do we say, you know, a defense is leading teams to championships. I don't, you know, I don't remember that ever happening, but, um, you know, 50% of the teams have the Patriots defense. Um, and obviously you could get them as late as you wanted. Some of these teams picked them up on the waiver wire, waiver wire. So, you know, those, those kind of some of the common players I'm seeing on most of these teams. So the tight end position, you kind of touched on that with Austin Hooper being a big, uh, pickup for a lot of these teams. Uh, I know that was a big talk of the draft. Should you take one of these big three tight ends, Kittle, Ertz, and Kelsey? Uh, what have you seen with that? Has that paid off at all, or is that some a strategy that has not worked well with, you know, Ertz might not have performed as well early in the year and Kittle's banged up now. So I, I'm just kind of curious to see how that, that tight end is. Yeah, that was, like you said, that was – uh, much discussed discussed through the summer. Um, I think you, you did a really good article about how those three tight ends equated to championships in 2018 and and kind of speculated on what that meant for this year. Um, so there were certainly a lot of people that took those players. You, you know, you basically had to take them in your top three picks or they weren't available. Um, and, you know, what we're really seeing is, like I said, Hooper's on 80% of the teams. Um, on the teams that didn't have Hooper, they either had Waller or An Andrews. You know, so again, I think it's it's kind of a big three tight end um, look again this year, but it's a different big three. And it's not to say that you know Kelsey is is still leading the league in points at this point, mostly because Hooper's been out for a couple. Um, so Kelsey's still having a good year, and Ertz and Kittles are. Are, are no slouches either, but spending that draft capital in the second or third round 
for, for those tight ends has just not equated to championship caliber teams at this point, but picking Hooper, Waller, Andrews, you know, way back, you know, around 10, you know, I saw some early on drafts where Waller was not even picked or Waller was a seventh, you know, a 16th rounder, you know, so I think that's turned into uh, the championship team just because uh, of where you could get those guys. So those are the three that I really look at this year. So the quarterback spot kind of similar to me, in my opinion, uh, is the tight end spot, kind of some debate there. Do you, do you get Mahomes? Do you get Deshaun Watts? And those are the top two guys this year. And if so, has it paid off? So what are you seeing with that? Yeah, I'm kind of, kind of seeing that, that did not pay off at all this year. Um, you know, obviously Mahomes has been injured. Um, so he's, he's not helped many teams. Um, but, you know, similar to some of these other spots I'm seeing, you know, Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott are just really leading the way for a lot of these teams. And again, just because of where you could get them, um, you could, you know, stock up on your, um, your running backs and wide receivers early and get L Jacks and Dak in round 12 or later. Um, seeing a couple teams with Deshaun Watson, you know, he still had a good season, but you know, you had to spend a fourth or fifth round pick to get him. Um, so it, it's again, just not, uh, not panning out. So how about the draft date in general? I know that's a kind of a big debate when you do a big contest like this, when should you, pick your team you, we draft at any point during the summer pretty much i think draft start in may for the fantasy championship if i'm correct and teams draft as early as end so is there any correlation i know a couple years ago the team that won drafted very early have you seen anything with that yeah you're absolutely right um, with previous years um this year i think we even opened up a few drafts in late april um, due to customer demand, um, but you know we generally try to open them up right around the time of the NFL draft. Um, and there's a lot of people that feel they can get some some great value in those earlier drafts. Um, and then you know the some of the players have kind of normalized their value by September, so maybe you get those great values. Um, what I'm seeing from from this year though is it really didn't matter a whole lot when you drafted. Um, most of our top teams were drafted in August, in the last two weeks of August. But there's a smattering of you know teams that were Labor Day weekend, um, some a uh, few Julys, and there's a couple May and June, but not a whole lot. So I, I think it it maybe helped out a little bit this year to wait, you know, through training camp um, and let some of those things, you know, the the Gordons and the um, some of those other issues, the Elliots, and some of those things kind of uh, resolve before drafting their teams. But uh, that's certainly not been the case every year, but I think it maybe was this year. So, Chris, uh, you talked about a lot of the teams that have kind of been steadily near the top of the standings all year here at the TFC, the Fantasy Championship. How about some teams that have made some moves in recent weeks, maybe some teams on the rise that you think could make some noise here uh, towards the end of the season? Yeah, there's you know there's a couple teams and and one of the things I noted you know with the teams that are up at the top here is um, you know it's it's how they how deep their team was and how they reacted to losing players like like Hooper especially Hooper hit a lot of these top teams um, 
with with the last couple of weeks being out or injured and out. So, you know, did they have enough to cover for that? Um, and some of these teams did. Some of them are kind of dropping a little bit. Um, one of the teams I really like is uh, Don Terminella's Azuri team at number six. Um, and maybe and maybe the reason he's moving up is because he doesn't have Hooper. He's the only team in our top 10 that didn't have Hooper. So he didn't have to react to that as much. And he's got the core group of guys like Lamar Jackson and McCaffrey, and he's got Godwin and Lockett. Um, but he's also, he also overcame drafting Antonio Brown in the second round, which is, you know, he's the only guy in the top here that had to deal with something like that. So he's kind of built that depth through the year, the year doing other stuff and he's moved up pretty well. So I, I kind of like his team out of the top 10. All right. So how about on the flip side, any teams, I know you said Hooper's kind of hurt some teams, some teams maybe that are up there that could be in a little bit of trouble because of injuries or underperforming players, anybody uh, you'd be concerned about if you're one of these PFC owners up there at the top. Yeah. There, you know, there's, Similarly, it's it's injuries and uh, workload issues, I think, that are kind of hurting some of these teams. The uh, Marlon Mack injury, I think, is going to hurt Stephen Rannigan's team um, that's currently eighth. Um, he's also got a little problem with Latavius Murray's workload has you know, dropped off the cliff the last couple of weeks. Um, so, and, you know, the, the team there in second place um, tips the end team. Um, he's kind of struggled the last two or three weeks. He's he's lost Hooper. Um, he's had Cooper Cup and his disappearing act. Um, you know, Godwin has been a little underperforming for a couple weeks. So I think his, uh, you know, Hooper's something he's got to cover up for, and he doesn't have a whole lot of depth. Um, and we'll have to see if Cup and Godwin recover here over the rest of the season. So those are a couple of the teams I see struggling and, and maybe some of the reasons why. So here's my big question to you. How many te- how many of these teams on the leaderboard do you really think have a legit shot to take home the title in your view? I mean, it's pretty jumbled up uh, all the way down. There's looks like there's over, over 70 teams that have 1,700 or more points. So, I mean – that's a lot of teams, a lot of points. I mean, how many of these guys do you think really have a legit shot to take home the title? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, the the way this contest works, where um, after you know that what is it after week thirteen, then they play a three week total point, um, kind of a total point um, contest, and they take their their first thirteen weeks and average those points and that's kind of their starting point. So like this top team up here this currently is averaging 172 points a week. So he'll go into the championship round with 172 points. The thing I look at though is you can go all the way down to like the 250th team and they're averaging 150 points, which is only 20 points below him. So, you know, I kind of look at, you know, there's, Oftentimes a 20 point swing with some of these top teams from for a three to four week period of time. So I, I think it's just really wide open. You know, I think, you know, it, it's almost you get into that championship round and you have a shot. If you, if you go on a good three to four week run, you know, maybe you pick up, um, you know, this year's CJ Anderson, you know, covering for Gurley or, you know, whoever, 
it covers for the next injury next week. Um, maybe you get him and he goes wild, and, and that's an extra 20 points a week for you. So I, I think it, it probably drops down to you know maybe the top 250 or so teams have a have a shot. You just talked about C.J. Anderson and being a great pickup last year. How about the pickups for this week in the league? Anything interesting on the waiver wire happen? Uh, we know they ran last night. Any any Who are the big pickups for a lot of these teams this week? Yeah, I think um, a lot of the guys people would expect, the um, people speculating on who's going to replace uh, Marlon Mack, um, if it's Williams or, or Wilkins or or Hines, a lot of those if those guys were available, um, they were picked up and some substantial dollars spent on them. Uh, there, there were quite a few Bo Scarborough pickups, um, you know, guy going from the practice squad to uh, one of the top waiver wire pickups the next week. So that was kind of significant. Um, I, you know, it's just people speculating on, on who might be the guy in some of those running back spots. Um, and then kind of, I guess the other thing is what we've seen a lot of this year is the tight end position is just so difficult to find anybody to play every week. And, and especially with some of these guys out, uh, Ingram and Hooper, and there's just not a lot of guys out there. So people are picking up anybody they can. So Ryan Griffin's had a, a good three to four week run um, and, and Herndon is out of the picture for the jets. Um, so, you know, I'm seeing a lot of guys, spending for him. Um, and I guess that's, there's nothing too significant this week, but just a lot of, of speculation on those kind of guys. And then I, I do see a lot of these uh, veteran uh, owners that have been around a while. They know they're going into the playoffs and, and they're starting to make, they're starting to stage their team for the playoffs. You know, they're picking up that third tight end, that third quarterback, maybe if, second kicker uh, they're getting handcuffs for some of their you know guys um so i that's kind of what i'm seeing at this point in the season where there's not a whole lot of bid dollars left they're just kind of staging down around the the edges of of the player pool all right chris i want to give our listeners an update on the purple three situation i think a lot of people know what we're talking about here, but some of them might. So could you maybe give them a rundown of what this is in reference to and then give us an update on that? Yeah, Purple 3. That, uh, so we run another contest called the Real-Time Fantasy Football Championship, um, and it, it's 12 leagues, and they compete for a $10,000 prize at the end. In one of those leagues, we had one of our – um, one of our customers, nicknamed Axelf, who's been a longtime customer, kind of a little quirky, interesting character, um, who only does auctions on our site. But he was finally he was egged on by many of the other uh, customers in our forums and chat lobbies. He was egged on to actually do an RTFFC team and see how he could do. Well, being the quirky guy that he is, he thought it would be the best way for him to play this particular contest would be to handcuff himself early on in the draft and then show everybody that he could still win the league, even though he basically wasted his first two draft picks. So he went into the draft, he picked a defense and a kicker as his first two picks. And and then he went through and finished out his draft, you know, just as a normal draft. Well, 
you know, this was fun for Axelf. Uh, this wasn't so much fun for RT Sports, um, as many customers thought this was outrageous. They thought he was colluding with somebody. They thought he was tanking on purpose. Um, and where it, you know, becomes interesting is, you know, that there's 11 other leagues that didn't have somebody draft like that. So they all felt it was unfair that this purple three league had one guy tank his team. I use air quotes, tank his team. And, you know, this was debated on a serious XM show for a couple of days and it made a little bit of publicity. Um, Axelf really meant no harm by the, the, the quote stunt. He just wanted to prove how good he is. Um, so we've followed this league all, all season long. We've written about it a little bit. And at this point, um, where, you know, most people talked initially in the year that he would not win a game at all. Um, he is currently seven and four. Uh, he's tied for second in the league. He's out of the playoffs because his total points are pretty low. But if he wins this week, um, he's got a good shot, um, good shot at the playoffs. Um, and just, we just, there's kind of an interesting side note to, you know, everybody's perception on how drafts work. You know, you can draft, uh, Zerline and the Bears defense as your first two picks. And, you know, also note he had AJ Green as I think his fourth or fifth round pick who hasn't played this year. So you can have a quote terrible draft and you can still do very well in your league. Um, and he has. So fortunately for us, we don't have to answer a lot of questions about, um, you know, what this did to the overall contest because he's still one of the top teams in the league. So, so there it is. So new draft strategy. I'm taking the Patriots with my first pick next year in the draft. That might not be a bad bad option. So you talked about that's a that's a league that's in our real time fantasy sports championship, and we also do the syndicate as well, which is a extremely high stakes league. Could you give us a little bit of update on both those contests uh, for our listeners out there? Anything uh, of note going on in those leagues? Yeah, there's there's not a whole lot um, going on specifically in those leagues. Um, we, we've kind of kept track all year of, of who's leading each of them. We've, we've got nine uh, real-time fantasy uh, RTFFC um, contests going on, um, and we kind of monitor those. And it's been a lot of the same guys at the top all year. Um, our, our top guy is, um, is Team Batman in RTFFC White, and, and there's a few others that are kind of nipping on his heels. Um, the There's not a whole lot um different about those contests than the TFC um a lot of the same Christian McCaffrey top 3 pick um one of the top 3 tight ends those the same that same recipe kind of plays itself out in all those leagues as well um um in the the syndicate a little bit different in those we've we've got two of the syndicate leagues this year and those are um you know, high dollar entry contests. Um, and those are just, just one league. So it's not a multi-league thing like TFC or RTFFC. Um, in syndicate one, uh, uh, Ben Chiarelli has been leading that most of the year. Uh, but Mike Santos has a team that's coming on strong. And I know a lot of people probably know him from other contests. Um, and, 
you know, the, the only thing I really saw different on any of those leagues this year is that recipe of top three pick, um, McCaffrey, Hooper is not really playing itself out in these leagues. I, you know, there's some, some teams that drafted later, uh, later, you know, eighth pick, 12th pick. Um, you see a lot of cooks, um, Thomas's, um, and I'm not sure why these are a little different, um, but and it, the, these leagues aren't dual flex like our TFC, and they um, they are also a, a little shallower in the player pool. So I, I see a lot of uh, waiver wire movement that's kind of leading the way for their team. So the player the waiver pool is a little deeper in these leagues. So I think team management comes in a little more on those than it does TFC, where it, at, least, at least this year your draft was. Very important in TFC. So, Chris, before I let you go, i got to ask, in case any of our listeners out there aren't in any of these leagues, how can they get in them for next year? How can they get in any of these contests, like the Fantasy Championship, RTFSE as well? How can they get in them? Yeah, so uh, like last year, we'll probably open these up again uh, late April. Um, These are the RTFSC and the TFC are, are $250 entries. Uh, you can buy a three pack for for seven hundred dollars and get a little discount. Um, but those these leagues will open uh, late April. Uh, the TFC, you know, sold out. I think was it Labor Day this year. So um, you can join leagues all year um, in both contests. And of course, we have many other types of leagues. If if you don't like these high stakes contests like this, we've got everything down to twenty dollar leagues and up. So. Um, and those those twenty dollar leagues open um, actually before the Super Bowl. So you know as early as January, you can start getting in uh, draft you know best ball leagues um, for for next season. So don't wait around. Get them get in them quick. Chris, awesome stuff. We're, we'll have to touch base after the season's over and we'll delve into this data again. See if anything else has changed in regards to maybe player ownership and that fun stuff and talk about the winning team and the finish to the season as well. So we'll have to have you on again uh, before the season, uh, right after the season's over with, I should say. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I think the final chapter on the TFC hasn't been written yet, so it, it'll be inter- interesting to see how that all pans out. And thanks for having me on today. Look forward to talking to you again. All right. Thanks, Chris. And that was my interview with Chris Thompson of Real Time Fantasy Sports. I want to thank Chris for doing a great job on the podcast today, giving you the lowdown on the Fantasy Championship and all of our high-stake contests here at Real-Time Fantasy Sports. And I want to wish everyone a lot of luck in all of their Week 12 fantasy games. This has been Jeff Power for Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Have a great day, everyone.